Hey everybody, it's Dan. Welcome or welcome back to the Bridge Church Podcast. Please, at the end of this episode, take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel and head over to bridgechurchutah.com and have access to all of the church information and it's the easiest way to share content with a friend and keep up with everything going on around here at Bridge Church. Most importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Every Wednesday night is a little bit different. Uh, Different people coming and sharing uh, different hearts here. And Patty and I are kind of like the heart of the group. We were talking about this on Monday. We're kind of the heart of the group. And so uh, when Patty and I are here every second second? Yeah. Every second Wednesday of the month, you'll hear more heart uh, from this this pulpit right here. Instead of brain? Is that what she said, Will? That's not very nice. No. (laughs) I know you didn't. Anyway, um, so what we want to share with you tonight, the first one here. Oh, better. Much better. Yay, now we can hear you. (laughs) Now we can hear you. So we want to kind of have a conversation sort Mm -hmm. of um, in your presence. Do you know what I'm saying? We kind of want to talk things out, process things out uh, while we're here talking with you. And so we kind of want this to be a different feel, and we would love your feedback. So uh, let me share with you that, that Patty and I are teaching... Um, well, teaching, conversating about what we call foundations. And so in saying that, let me share with you that I think every community of God has a particular culture, has a particular heartbeat. I think every church, every community has a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. And so, um, uh, uh, excuse me, their core values uh, that sort of frame frame is a good word, core values that sort of frame that community. And we have particular core values or things that we're sort of always running after around here in this house. And Mm -hmm. so I want to um, share what some of those are with you. Uh, And these are the things that Patty and I are going to be talking about here for the next several months. Um, Here's what some of them are. God is good. Amen. God is good. If you, because, you know, if you don't believe that God is good, you're going to struggle in your walk with him. Amen. Amen. Right. Knowing that he is fundamentally good, he's a God of love, and he's always good, will help you so much in your walk with Christ. Amen? Amen. So God is good is the first one we're going to, well, not the first one we're going to share with you, but as we go along, we'll be sharing that one. Another one is Jesus' blood is enough. Amen. How important is that? We need to know and understand that Jesus' blood is enough. There is nothing outside of the blood of Jesus, nothing that the blood of Jesus can't cover. Amen? Mm -hmm. Uh, Falling in love with the word. How important is that? It's so important to fall in love with the word of God, to, to, to let this frame your life. Amen? Uh, and trusting God is another one we're going to talk about, how important it is to trust God. And we're going to break that down. Trust God in this. Trust God in that. Trust God over here. Trust God over there. And so uh, we'll be dealing with that. And then everyone is significant. 
Every person was created by God on purpose for a purpose. And every single person is significant to God and significant Mm -hmm. in this house. That's really important that we we want that to be a big part of our culture because we believe it in our in our deepest parts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then tonight's topic, nothing is impossible with God. Amen. We're going to talk up tonight about how nothing is impossible with God. So having said that, Patty is going to lead our conversation. Okay, thank you. Well, it's so exciting to be here again today. And here's the thing. I love this. I, I, I I was uh, talking to someone, and they said today, I said, well, I'm not used to preaching this way. It's a little different for me. And they said, yeah, you usually talk to a captive audience. And I thought that was so cool. (laughs) I said, yeah, it's a little easier to preach at the prison, right? They're captive, amen? And they're sort of used to me after 17 years. But I'm going to change up a little bit, you know. I, I like just to go with the Holy Spirit and flow. And I love that wonder working God, you know. Those miracles, how could we not believe when God has done miracles for each and every one of us? And you know what? I believe that every person in here has experienced the wonder-working God, his miracles. And so I hope that maybe if you're sitting here and you're in a harder place, and maybe it's been a difficult day, a difficult week, a difficult month, you know, whatever, a dry season, whatever, whatever you've been going through and you have needs, that the Holy Spirit will refresh you and remind you of the miracles that he's done in your life. Because it's easy to see the miracles that he does in somebody else's life But it's not so easy all the time to remember the miracles that he's done for each one of us individually. Amen? So I always like to have a little bit of a story. So I made it real short because I know we're going to run out of time. So I made it he, he, we, he one, okay? So there was this uh, story, and there was uh, this grandma, and she had this four-year-old daughter. And I don't know if you, grandma, you know what you're talking about over here. And so this little four-year-old daughter had this Thomas the Train plate. And she accidentally dropped it, and it broke in two pieces. Well, the granddaughter just cried and was inconsolable. You couldn't stop her from crying. And finally, the grandmother says, maybe I can fix it. And the little granddaughter starts thinking about it. And she says, Grandpa could fix it. (laughs) Grandpa, he can do anything, (laughs) you know? And the grandma's heart just overwhelmed, and she went and she got some super glue, and she put that plate together, and it was good as new, right? But here's the thing, the truth. Grandpa can't do everything. Only if that was true. We need somebody more than grandpa in our lives. We need the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings that can do the impossible, that he can make it 
possible. So I love that story. I love that it's I can't, but God can. And maybe that's where you're today, right? Maybe they're here today. I bet there is somebody here today that, you know what? I can't. I can't today. I talked to somebody today, in fact, that just said, I can't. I can't do it today. And maybe that's the truth. But God can. So I just want to start with point one. I have two points. Amen. All right. And the first one is nothing is impossible with God. And it's really one of my favorite, favorite stories. And I have a reason for that. How many of you know that, you know, a lot of your favorite scriptures just come out of your life, right? They just flow from something that happened to you. I'm not going to give details today, but I am going to be talking about um, Mary and Lazarus and Martha. And it's a particular favorite story to me because of my experience with my mother, who actually uh, was pronounced dead, was dead. And uh, they left, and they came back in, and they were going to clean up, and I guess you just uh, sat up and said, hey, I'm thirsty. I'll tell you, it freaked the hospital out. Amen? <laughs> that doctor came and caught me, and he said, hey, something happened. This never happened before in this hospital. Yeah. Six years later, uh, Norm was at the hospital with a friend, and one of the nurses came and said, I know you. You're the son-in-law. You're the son-in-law. So God is a miracle maker. And he does miracles for each and every one of us. And just a plug for those who, I know there's a lot that are starting to volunteer for the prison, but I will say to you that if you go to the prison and you volunteer, right, Christian, you know this, you have a front row seat to see some amazing miracles. So I want to talk about uh, Lazarus. Now, Lazarus becomes very, very ill. And he... uh, his Martha and Mary send someone to Jesus to tell him, hey, the one you love, Lord, is sick. And John tells us that Jesus loved Lazarus, Martha, and Mary. And so when Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, what did he do? Oh, let's find out. Let's look at verse 6. John chapter 11, verse 6. So when he heard that he was sick, he did what? He stayed two more days in the place where he was. Now, is that how you treat a friend, I ask you? (laughs) My first thought was, why did he wait two days? (laughs) I want it now, girlfriend, right? Us girls, we're a little usually less patient, and we like things right now, right? So, um... Now, two days later, in John verse 14 and 15, you'll see it. Do you got it up there? John eleven fourteen 14 and 15. It says, then Jesus said to them plainly, because he didn't want them to mistake this, okay? Now, sometimes these disciples would get things confused in their brains, right? Jesus was trying to talk to them, and they finally decided that, that Lazarus maybe was just sleeping and, you know, comfortable. He was getting some rest. And so Jesus says plainly to them, Lazarus is dead, and I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, what did he say? Let's go to him. Okay, he's dead. Now let's go. So my second question would be, why did Jesus wait 
for his friend Lazarus to be dead before he goes? I don't know. I thought these were pretty good questions. This is the good part. <laughs> yes. This is the good part. This is so good. It really is one of my favorite stories. I could talk this one a thousand times. Maybe we can have five uh, consecutive the same same uh, story five because point, I love it. Five, five points, points instead of two. Is that what you're <laughs> I'm only going for two. So the, the next um, question is, what did Mary and Martha think about this? Right. So verse 21, John 11:21. We go there. What do you say? Martha said. Now Martha said to Jesus, "Oh come on, you've thought this before. Be honest with yourself, Lord. If you had been here, been a good friend." My brother would not have died, right? And so Mary, what did she think in verse 32? Did she think any differently there? Then when Mary came where Jesus was in Psalm, she fell down at his feet saying the exact same thing, right? Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Has that been our sentiment in our heart? Notice what the bystanders said in verse 37, John eleven thirty-seven. 37. It says, and some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Mm, good questions, right? Jesus asked, he's more pragmatic. He says, hey, where have you laid the body? Basically, right? Where is he? And then we see the shortest verse in the Bible. Everybody knows this one. Verse, uh, I think, there it is, 35. Jesus wept. Sit on that for a moment. We want to talk about the heart of the matter. Jesus wept. He hurts. If you've had a death in your family, Jesus wept. He cares. He wept. So, back to my two questions. Why did Jesus wait for two days? And why did he wait until Lazarus was dead? I find that answer in, again, some of these are repeat verses, but John chapter 11, verse 14 and 15, if you want to put that up there. Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. Why? That you may believe. That's it. Sometimes God waits so that we believe. That's the reason why. Verse 39 says, Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, I love that. You have that. Lord, by this time, there's a stench. <laughs> I don't know, but I love smells. For some, some reason, I could just feel that, right? The stench that has been here for four days. He waited so that they may believe. He waited until Lazarus was dead so that they may believe. You see, in that culture, it's really important. They believed that you had to be dead for three days before you were really dead. Yeah. Now, Jesus wanted to make sure that they all knew he was dead. 
all right? There had to be a stench. There had to be a smell of death before God would do that miracle. You know, sometimes God makes that for us. Something has to die within us that we can have life come in. You know, we want it fast. I minister to a lot of people. And they come in their first time and they'll say, yeah, I want it today. And I'm like, well, you came to the wrong place because like, I like to go the long mosey around road, you know, because something has got to die in your life that you can have life, yeah. true life that holds. Then can I say something about yeah, that? Yeah, you absolutely Let me can. tell you, there's, um, I think I've mentioned it before. I don't, know, I don't know where I've mentioned it, but I'm sure I've mentioned yeah. it before, and you and I have certainly talked about it. Yeah. I once heard a message about um, where it was uh, by uh, Dan Moeller, um, who, who is Todd White's pastor, mm-hmm. the, oh, the yeah. gentleman who led him to Christ. And, um, and he has that. He has a particular message about, you know, just die to that thing. Like sometimes you just need to just, just drop dead and die because that, is, that has become a burden in your life. That's become a hindrance in your life. Sometimes you just need to say, you know what, I'm just going to die to that. I'm not going to let that thing get in my soul. I'm not going to. We talked about this a little bit um, that the couple Wednesdays ago when I was mm-hmm. talking about it. But um, just... Just letting some, like you said, just letting something die sometimes is the best, mm-hmm. the best way to go. So that why? So that yeah. God can revive it. So mm-hmm. that God can bring life to the situation. If you don't die, sometimes you got to die to it in order to live. So Michelle, were you telling them to drop dead and die? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. If you get a point, there it is. Drop dead and die. Amen. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to go to point two on that because that's a perfect place. People won't forget that. Hey, I went to church and they told me to drop dead and die. You can get a lot of discussion out of that. Amen. (laughs) So my second point was the power of declaration. And I was speaking to you about that the other day. This is something that God has really put on my heart. How important it is to declare those things that God has done for us. So let's look at that scripture once more. After Lazarus had been raised from the dead, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany. And oh, by the way, can I put a plug in for her intelligence in the word of God that's just amazing? Because you're the one. I didn't realize this, that that was indeed the same Mary that anointed his feet and the hair. And I was like, no, you're kidding me. And it just connected that so much. Well, I'm off. So Mary comes, and they're having dinner again. I love meal stories in the Bible. I have what I did at the prison would be called the Dine Around series because God always did amazing things around food. Amen? And so here they are at a dinner, and Mary takes this pound of spikenard, very costly. This is after her brother has been raised. This is after she's received that miracle, right? We need those miracles in our life. And so she anoints Jesus' feet and, and wipes the feet with her hair, and the house is filled with the fragrance of the oil. I think she smelled two things quite often. That beautiful smell of that stinketh body that came alive. 
and the fragrance of the Lord with that, that ointment. So here's the thing. I was looking it up because, uh, you know, I was calculating, Rachie, the cost of this oil. And it was a yearly wage. So I went on, you know, okay, what's the yearly wage in Utah? So don't get insulted if you're below or if you're over, be happy. But the average wage is $52,204 in case you're interested in that. (laughs) And so I was thinking about that. When you really put it in that terms, that's a lot. I was asking, and I want you to ask yourself, what would you spend $52,204 on? You don't have a lot of things that really you would freely, oh, wait a minute, let's just change that up a little bit. Maybe you were thinking about a new car, a new house, something for you. Wait a minute, change it. How much would you, how many would you spend $52,204 on somebody else, not you? <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was pretty good. Not too many things, right? I don't see anybody. And if you're going to spend $52,204 on somebody, come on over and see me. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, uh, we were talking about the miracles you talked about in the the cancer, and that was so wonderful. And, And I'll just tell you. It wasn't like sometimes you get cancer and then it gets better because you take medicine and that's God's healing. I'm telling you, this is a very, very good friend of mine was had cancer two days later, okay? She'd just been tested two days later after praying for her. The cancer was completely gone. She had uterine cancer. It wasn't even a fibroid. The doctor had to send it to somebody else because I don't understand what happened. Where did it go? Amen. So it wasn't just time. It was actually God doing it. So I love that. But on miracles, you know, I was talking about Bridget. I was telling you about this lady. So two weeks ago, there was this lady. Well, the LDS did not come to the prison that day. They stayed home for their conference. Can I hear an aww? Aww. So some of their ladies came to our service, right? (laughs) And we were so excited. Yes. And so... um, I'm a little disorganized when it comes to my place because they are a captive audience and I can do that. And they all know that. And so the lady said, this lady, and it's her first time there. She's from the LDS. And they said, this lady needs prayer, Patty. So what do we do? We stop the service. We pull out a chair, you know, right out there. Have a seat. Everybody gets around her. You know how this goes. Lay hands on her. Start praying because her mother had uh, been in a severe fire and had been burnt all over her body. And she was on a respirator and could not talk. That was two weeks ago. So I come this last Sunday, and she was there. And she comes, and she's so excited. She says, you won't believe what happened. I said, what happened? And she said, well, my mom is off the respirator, and she's talking. Amen. And you know, I, I tell you that because miracles have power. And by the way, she couldn't hardly speak without the, all the others telling me as well. I mean, it was like a song of praise. Right. Hey, let me tell you. Well, no, I got better. Yeah. Let me tell you what happened here. And I prayed for that and this. Amen. But you know there is power 
in miracles. And so I was so excited about that. And so she had believed, somebody had told her, let's see about this, that the Holy Spirit had left her. Now, I don't know why. I said, that's quite impossible. So let's take care of that today. Amen. Let's get you saved. The Holy Spirit don't leave you. Right? So, so miracles have uh, power in what, they, in what they do. So I just really want to yeah, well, actually, she's, you know, those two services, and then she's, I believe, being discharged, and so she's going to the Tuesday Rockland, and I think, she, I think she'll very well go here, because you have great advertisement for the service at the Rock. Right, Christine? <laughs> Amen. Yeah, she'll be all over it. Amen. So I just want to give one more example. If we, we may can. meet her, you're saying, huh? Oh, I think you just well, might. Well, amen. I just think you might. <laughs> <laughs> so the last example I want to give you is uh, David. And um, it's a great example of reminding our, ourselves of God's faithfulness in the past. If we can remember God's faithfulness in the past, then we can go through the thing that we're going through today. Whatever that thing is, we can go through it if we remember the faithfulness of what God has done in the past. Because if I know what he does in the past, I can trust him today, and I can trust him in the future. So Psalm 40, verse 1 through 3. I'm trying to abbreviate it because I know my friend's got a lot to say too. (laughs) It says here, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. Maybe you're crying today. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He has put a new, a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it, fear, and trust in the Lord. So, one of the patterns of life recurring in Psalms, and maybe you know this, is getting in the pits and getting out again. <laughs> you know, in the pit, out of the pit. They're in the pit, I'm praising God. Now I'm like, kill them all, God. You know, oh, I'm mourning. It's in the pit, out of the pit. That's what I, I think that's what Psalms should have been called, in pit, out pit. Amen? So, your pit could be good health. It could be a loss of your job. It could be former friends that turned against you. It could be an unfaithful mate, rebellious children, or any other overwhelming problem. You may be responsible for being in your pit, or you may be the victim of the sins of others that brought you into the pit. But let me say this. God is the only one that could do the possible and lift you up and out of that pit and take you out of that miry clay and place your feet on the rock. David felt like a person who had fallen into a muddy pit and was sinking to death itself. Read them. You'll hear that, what he says. But God pulled him out and put him on firm ground again. You see, David could now continue his journey with God. Now, this is the part I really want to get to. He sings a song of declaration as he gives and goes and encourages others to put their trust in God. That's declaration. 
Let us never view our own song or our declaration as the stopping place of God's mercy and faithfulness. Rather, I would urge you to let that be the beginning, the beginning of your story, not, not the finish line. It's the beginning. God aims for us to declare others into the kingdom. Our impossible made possible can bring someone else into the kingdom. Finally, the music of a rescued brother or sister in the Lord, and that's every one of us that knows the Lord, is a very powerful tool in exhorting one another, right? Speaking hope and truth into someone's life. It is also a great way to evangelize. I just want to say, finally, David's declaration inspired him to worship God because he has found God to be praiseworthy, just like Mary did. He was praiseworthy. It was worth the $52,204 because God is praiseworthy. Let's declare that. Amen? Amen. Yes, thank you. Amen. Amen. You know, um, was, we went to uh, lunch today, a bunch of yes. us gals. Yeah. You're all invited. We'll, we'll send you the info if you want to come. Yeah. Let us know. And, you know, we, we plan to just fill up the entire restaurant one of these days. We got squishy today. Every Wednesday. Yeah, we did. They packed us all into a, a very small booth today. <laughs> anyway, but on the way in, Rachel and I came from, you know, working in the church office. And, and uh, as we were walking in the door, we um, had a, a friend of ours who was, um, you know, feeling pretty down in the dumps, and mm-hmm. she was talking about that, and she, she I have to stand up. She, um, she mm-hmm. just, I don't know, I think better standing, but she said, um, she said, I, uh, mm-hmm. I believe I was healed, I, you know, I believe that God has really touched my life, and I've been mm-hmm. healed, and all of that, and then she said, but you know, the enemy's just really coming, the enemy's just really attacking, and, um, then she and I, I said, you know, it's, he's just trying to make you think you haven't, you haven't really received your healing, because mm-hmm. when you really receive your healing, you really receive your healing. Mm-hmm. So you know, and then Rachel chimed in with me, and pretty soon we were like, seriously, you have received that. You need to just speak that. You need to just declare that because yeah. that's the truth. So yes. don't let the enemy lie to you anymore. You go ahead and just tell the enemy what God said. Amen. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think that really when you're talking about making declarations and we were sitting down and talking and putting this whole thing together, you were like declarations are such a big deal. Yeah. And they really are. You know, really sometimes our own ears I think need to hear the word of God yes. spoken <laughs> out of our own mouth. You know, because the word of God has mm-hmm. power. Mm-hmm. It's powerful. It's living. It's living, amen. Oh, that's yeah. what uh, that's what our uh, our book. I'm looking at Penny because she and she she yeah. just shares a lot in the in the book club. A lot of really great wisdom. But that was one of the things that recently our book was saying. Uh, the book that we're doing in the in the book club was saying that you know um, the word of God is active. It's alive. Mm-hmm. It's powerful. Amen. Amen. Uh, Pastor was saying that last Sunday so too. So I wanted to share about Mary as well, but yes. a different Mary. I wanted to share about. <laughs> <Two Marys. laughs> yeah, there's lots of Marys. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> um, but I wanted to share about uh, Jesus's mother, Mary. 
-hmm. I wanted to um, talk about the impossible regarding Mary. And I, and I first want to say that God calls us to the impossible. So mm -hmm. I, want, I want us all to sort of look at the life of Mary and understand that God called an ordinary girl, a teenager, into the impossible. Mm -hmm. And he does the same thing with us. So I want to look at Luke 1. Uh, start with verse 34. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I don't know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that holy one who is to be born will be called the son of God. Mm. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative has also conceived a son in her old age. Mm. Remember that. And this is now the sixth month of her who was called barren. Mm. Another impossibility. <laughs> For with God, nothing will be impossible. Mm. Amen? Amen. And, and we, when we were talking about this, we were yeah. like, let's look up all of the impossible. With God, all things are possible. Let's uh -huh. look up all the possible scriptures. And uh, we were like, gee, there's so many. There's so many more than we <laughs> realized there was. Amen. So that's, so how does, so I, I want to talk about how does that fit into our lives? Um, I think it's really important that we know and understand that we have exactly the same inheritance as Mary. Mm. We have the same inheritance as Mary. Um, uh, what, when I think about Mary, I think about, wow, you know, I grew up in the Catholic Church, and Mary was a super big deal. Mm, Superstar. You know, big, big, big deal. And uh, bigger than, bigger than, just a big deal. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But it was, it was, uh, I really grew up from a young age learning that Mary was so blessed because she got to carry God in her bod. Mm. She got oh, to carry Jesus in her body. And then I started, when I became born again, I started realizing, you know what? We carry God in our bod. Whoa. We carry the Holy Spirit. We have the same inheritance as Mary. And let me just tell you, you can imagine to a little Catholic gal what that meant to me. Like, holy cow. I... I am as blessed as Mary? That's huge. Mm -hmm. And then I started to understand, you know, the whole theology. And yeah. <laughs> Got a little more balance there in my thinking. But anyway, um, I think it's really important that we get it. He trusts us mm -hmm. to carry him. We, we are carriers of God. And, and I think if we recognize that, we'll live differently. I think we will share God with people more. I think we'll walk in victory more. And I also think that we will um, believe for the impossible more than we ever have before. If we would just recognize and live our lives With the one time, um, I was listening to Bill Johnson, who I really dig. We were watching a, well, it's it was called God is Good. We did a at the coffee shop that Chase does the gathering mm -hmm. at. We were doing a, um, a a study on God is Good, and he was coming down the steps like this. He said, he said, remember in the in the Word of God, uh, the Holy Spirit is a dove. Right? Talking about. Mm -hmm. 
And he said, wouldn't it be interesting if we all understood and we walked in the presence? Pre- you know, pretend you have a dove on your shoulder. If you've got a dove on your shoulder, you kind of like, and he started coming down the steps. You know, you kind of, you don't want it to leave. So you move around like that. And he said, you know, there's a lot of Christians that really believe the Holy Spirit can leave. Kind of like what you were saying. You know, if you're not careful, the Holy Spirit can leave. You know what? The Holy Spirit's not going anywhere. In the name of Jesus, you're born again. He is in you. And because he's in you, you have, you are called to greater things. You are called to live a higher life. Amen. Mm -hmm. And because of that, you can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And because of that, you can cast out demons. And that's really what God has called us to do. He's really not just called us to hang out in church on Sundays and hang out in church on Wednesdays. And maybe, you know, uh, God bless you when someone sneezes. (laughs) It's a little more than that. You know where I got that. (laughs) Praise God. My daddy used to say that. Anyway, so let me say this. I realize regarding Mary, I am not pregnant. I am not going to get pregnant anytime soon. (laughs) But I do understand that God wants to birth things in me. So guess what? I am spiritually pregnant all the time. Not just for nine months, but he's birthing something in my life constantly. And I need to walk around... Like a pregnant gal. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And even more exciting, you men are pregnant too. (laughs) I mean, if you think about it, really, if you think about it, we all have the same inheritance as Mary. That's exciting. Another thing that I think is really exciting is that I uh, I love that Mary's cousin, Elizabeth, the word says that she was old and she was barren. Yeah. So she's old, she's, I don't, you know, she's old and she's barren. That's a double whammy. That is a double whammy. That's hard. But then the whole, but then the, the angel of God comes to tell Mary that not, that, that, you know, your, your cousin that's old and barren, well, guess what? She's six months pregnant. <laughs> and she was six months pregnant. You want to hear about the impossible. She was, she was six months pregnant with John the Baptist, <laughs> who did what with, with a life uh, with a life that was could have been impossible, but he was an amazing. He came. He was the um, the uh, proclaimer of Jesus. He he was ushering in the presence of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Amen. Baptized mm-hmm. Jesus had an amazing. I don't know anybody on this planet that that if you didn't say John the Baptist, they wouldn't know who the heck you were talking about. Mm-hmm. That's an impossibility. Amen. Wow. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I really dig. Uh, that we didn't talk about. It's just a little side note. Another thing that I really dig is that um, the Bible says that when Elizabeth walked in the room with John the Baptist in her belly, six months pregnant, walked into the room where Mary was, and Mary, or maybe it was the opposite, whatever, walked into the same room where where Mary was with the Son of God in her belly, and that baby John the Baptist leaped, the Bible says, Mm -hmm. leaped, recognized the presence of God womb to womb. What? Impossible, (laughs) but possible. That's right. Amen? Mm -hmm. We can recognize the presence of God in a room. Mm -hmm. 
And guess what, I, which I love this. We had a worship leader at one point, and he said he was, um, he was doing his worship leader thing Sunday morning, and he said, listen, we're going to go to the throne in the presence of God, he said, but I want you to understand the presence of God is already in the room because every one of you brought him here with mm-hmm. you. So we're going to take this, and I love this. Uh, Lou sometimes talks about this with corporate prayer. We get in the same room together, all of us bringing our portion of, this, of the spirit of the Lord, and how can there not be dunamis power? Yeah, that's a Amen? <laughs> I mean dynamite. Dynamite. Amen. 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 Am I... Mm. Is that the, the time is 7.54. Ah. <laughs> so, um, like we were saying earlier, my favorite thing about the story of Mary uh, in the word of God is that she hid these things in her heart. Like I've said before, I'm a total heart girl. And I think it's important for us to understand that there are the, these things of God, these impossibilities, like, like you were saying, Patty, mm-hmm. are so important that we hide those things in our yeah. heart. Does yeah. that mean that we don't talk about them? No, not at all. It means that we push them in, that we push them in, and we let that bring power to our lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of these testimonies that you have from the prison, man, we push them in. Mm-hmm. We push them in. We should have testimony Sundays sometimes yeah. so that we can push those things in, and those things can bring power and and the uh, revelation to us that there are no impossibilities in God. Amen? Amen. So Job also talks about the hidden things of the heart, but he's referring to God when he said, now you've hidden these things in your heart, and the things he was referring to were all the impossibilities God listed when he appeared in a whirlwind, remember that, Mm -hmm. to, to Job and his pals, and he said, you know, this is the one, we all know it, where he said, uh, excuse me, Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? And where were you when I hung the stars in the sky? I'm paraphrasing. When I told the ocean it can only come this far. Like, you understand who I am, right, Job? And Job's response, which I think is awesome, I had heard of you only by the hearing of the ear, but now... My spiritual eyes see you. I had heard of you, but now I see you. And when you think about that, all of the, amen, brother. And when you think about that, all of the, um, all of the people in the word of God, like Moses, Mm -hmm. like Abraham, I mean, you can start from Old Testament and come all the way through. And every person that had seen God face to face experienced God face-to-face in their secret place. You know, I'm big on secret place. But every single person that had ever had an experience with God, which is what we pray for, for every Sunday, that people would come in and have an experience with God that would be absolutely life-changing. But every person in the Word that had seen God face-to-face lived an impossible life, did impossible things for God, Mm. all of them. All of them believed that he could do it. And he did it through them, in them first, and then through them. Amen? Because Amen. you got to have an in, in, in you experience before you can have a through you experience, Ooh, yeah. I, I think. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So let me, let, let me say this. Um, I want to talk about our Bibles for a minute. I want to talk about how our Bibles, um, a, a, a small life and small thinking can get wrecked by this book. Mm-hmm. 
totally wrecked by this book right here. The pages of this Bible were meant to frame our lives. Um, this is what our life is supposed to be, what we see, what we read, what we experience in this Bible. It's, again, alive. This is what our lives are supposed to be. This is how we're supposed to live them, like the Acts like the Acts church, like those disciples after Jesus came and appeared to them, all of a sudden, they, when they had gone back to their normal lives, all of a sudden, Jesus comes back and they're like, say what? Seriously? Mm-hmm. You were dead and now you're alive? Yeah. And, now, and now you want me to do greater, greater works than you? Okay. Because I see you, I believe you, you, this is what you're saying I can do, and you know what? I'm doing it. I'm doing it. They started doing it. That, that really, this is the prophecy for my life. This is the prophecy for your life. We, we can do all these things. Why? Not because we're so special, but we are. Not, be, not because we're so uh, talented. We have God in our bod. So we can do all these things, and we need to. Hello. We need to do these things because Christ needs the world to see him. And if I'm not willing to live an impossible life, guess what? There's a lot of people not seeing Christ. Mm. Amen? Amen. I'm not pointing at you like, me, me. I'm just saying, I should be pointing at me. Amen? <laughs> Amen. I just, I just think that um, this is what my life is supposed to be. This word right here. Uh, with that, and I wasn't planning on doing this, but I want to plug a, a, a thing. I want to plug a thing. Um, there's, a, there's a gal who has kind of like, um, I heard the women's conference we're going to this year. She was there last year. Her name is Cindy McGill. Mm. And she used to be a pastor here in Utah. Now she's in Texas. And I, you know, sometimes you go to a conference, you see God through someone, and you go, Wow. That, that's a dynamic life lived in Jesus. Amen? Mm-hmm. This lady, I just want to tell you this, everybody. She's going to be at God's Place, which is a church in Ogden. If you've, if you've never been, it's in Ogden. She's going to be there on April 23rd. And she's going to be imparting and empowering, mm-hmm. um, doing a whole thing from 930 in the morning until 4 o'clock. It's like 50 bucks. She's, she's going to be teaching, imparting, showing you how to live a life as an evangelist, how to get out there and show Jesus how to, it, it's, it's really going to be super powerful, super amazing. I wish I knew about it before I had my work schedule because I really want to cancel every client and go. I really, really do. Anyway, uh, but I, but I want to tell you about that. If you want more information on that, l- let let me give it to you because I'm telling you, uh, it's a, it's a, it will be a very powerful meeting. Having said that, let's stand up real quick. Let's stand up. I want to just pray an impartation to you, a prayer of impartation to you, because I just think it's so important. Like we said, this is, you know, this this is a a culture thing. This is at, not even just in this house, although that's what we're talking about in this house. But really, I think this is a believer culture thing. As believers, we really need to understand 
that in Jesus, all things are possible. We need to know we do not have to walk around sick. We do not have to call in sick for work ever again. We do not have to not come to church because we're sick ever again. In the name of Jesus, all things are possible. We don't have to have broken relationships. We don't have to have, um, you know, uh, the devil's working me over. No. No. We don't have to have that. We don't have to settle for that. All things are possible to them who believe. Amen. amen. Gosh, I just want to, doesn't that just make you, your eyes just want to, it's so awesome. So I just want to pray. I just want to pray um, a prayer of impartation that we would walk in the impossible. Yes, Lord. Is that said right? Walk. Yes, that's right. Walk in the impossible. Okay, thank you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Father, that we would step out and be willing to do the impossible. I pray that we would be bold and ask you for miracles, God. I pray, Father, that, and, and I, I pray Matthew 10, Matthew 10, 8, that we would be bold enough, God, to heal the sick, to cleanse the lepers, to raise the dead, to cast out demons, because freely we have received God, hmm. and freely we give in the name of Jesus Father, I ask you to put us into situations that if they didn't come to pass, we'd look like fools. Mm. I'm asking you, God, to put us in situations where we would be so bold as to stand up for you and not be concerned for one second that you would not do what we're asking you to do in that moment. Father, that people would be delivered when we walk into the room, that because of the shadow because of, uh, like Paul, you know, he could walk by and, and people would just be in his shadow and they would get healed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for that kind of a life for every person in this house, for every person in every house of God, because we're living in the end times and it's time to stand up. It's time to live a life in Jesus and everybody that believes that and wants that, raise your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Sandy, South Jordan, West Jordan, or Harriman area, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend gatherings. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environments, head over to Bridge Church, Utah. Dot com or email info at bridgechurchutah.com or you can simply text 801-391-6969. We're looking forward to seeing you soon.